Hey, yo, Mimmortal Lights, what is going on? This is Kyron here. Welcome to another video slash audio of the Mere Mortals book reviews. And this is going to be something completely different from what you're expecting in the normal standard book reviews. Today, I'm going to do a, a Mere Mortal bookly month review. So a review of my whole month. And this video is definitely going to be quite different from my normal one. So this is going to be unstructured, words coming to the into my head. There's going to be more ums and errs. It's not going to be as refined or polished. So if you do want more of those type of ones, go to one of the individual book reviews. But this is just going to be a sum up in my general thoughts. So let's crack into it. There's going to be some pregnant pauses as well. But hey, if you're listening this far, please just stay with me and we'll get through this. We'll get through this together. And as I mentioned, this is something new for me. So I'm going to be experimenting with it, playing with it. I'll get 12 chances of this per year. So let's just dive right into it. So in general, for the month of June 2021, I read nine books or well, there was at least nine books done on the reviews. And I'll say this right now, this will be a review of all the books that were actually published in this month in terms of the audio and video content. So yes, I actually have read a couple more in advance. Obviously, I'm not creating these videos and releasing them on the same day. That that would be a bit of effort. So no, these are the books that were all published in the month of uh, June 2021. And I'll crack right into it. There's all of them, I'll list them out in the order that they appeared on the channel. So there was the Essential Shuangzi by Shuangzi. There was Bringing Home the Dark, uh, no, sorry, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Shunryu Suzuki or Suzuki Roshi. There was Bringing Home the Dharma by Jack Cornfield. I still actually have that book floating around. There was A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway, River Out of Eden by Richard Dawkins, Relato de un Naufrago, or as I said it in the English version, The Story of a Shipwrecked Sailor by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Ay, ay, ay. And I also had The Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, The Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, and then Lost Horizon by James Hilton, which will actually appear the day after this is released. So if you're looking for that one, that's where it is. In the total, so of the nine books, even though the rating system I give is very subjective, it's it's for me, it's I guess a mixture of my enjoyment slash things I took out from the book. So it's not completely subjective as like, oh, you know, I'm giving it a, you know, this many points for prose, this many points for style, this many points for, you know, the author, the length of the book or things like that. No, it's really subjective. It's just how I feel. And so for this month, the nine books combined gave an average of 6.89. So that's that's pretty good for me. I want to be reading books, you know, hovering around the seven range if I can. That's uh, That for me is a, a solid book that was wor- definitely worth my time reading and going up into the eights and nines, that's more like, holy shit, this was good books. And so I'm going to just get right into it now. Lost Horizon by James Hilton. Holy shit, what a book. That was fantastic for me. So uh, I won't be giving any spoilers away, but just just to give a little bit of perspective on why I love this book so much. I mentioned in the book review, it ticked off all of my interest boxes. So I was saying, you know, it had adventure in it. It had the English character. It had monks and all this sort of Buddhism stuff and all of these things wrapped up together. And it was like, holy shit, I love those things. And then one thing I didn't mention in the book review was why I felt it was so impactful, why it was so good. And there was this one particular moment I remember while reading. So actually there's a couple. So twice I lost sleep because of it, because I'd get to the point of, all right, I'll read to the end of the next chapter. And now is about where I should be going to bed. And twice I put it down 
and I was just thinking about it and I went, shit, like I need to read another chapter. It's, it, it left me on like a little bit of a cliffhanger. It's like, no, nah, I, I got to read it. So when a book's doing that to me, that's pretty rare and that means it's a, it's a pretty damn good book. But in particular, there was this one moment where I was reading and it was, uh, no, no spoilers in here, I was just say I was reading the point where the main character Conway is is getting told these these things by the monks. I, I guess almost like the secret of the of Shangri La of their monastery. And then his friend Malison comes and or not particularly his friend, one of the other trapped adventurers, Malison comes and he's talking with him. And Malison's trying to convince him to escape with him. And he's he's the the crazy thing is like Conway is is fully dove into this world of the monks and essentially what they're saying, especially with their their secret and what that is involved with. And so me, I was right there with him. I was like, holy shit, you know, what what an amazing place this is. And I saw myself as Conway. I saw myself, you know, if I was Conway in this situation, I would be doing probably making the same choice that he was making before speaking with Mallinson. Uh, I believe his name is Mallinson. And then Mallinson comes along and says, uh, you know, with this just real nice line of reasoning with an argument um, who, so he he hears the secret for the first time and then he just demolishes it, breaks it down with ruthless, you know, rationality. And I saw before my own eyes, the crumbling away of all of these, you know, dreams and aspirations and almost the delusion that Conway had found himself in. And it happened for me. I just saw it happening and I was almost gripping the book, reading it going like, no, no, don't, don't, no, how can this be? So for me, that, that, feeling that excitement that drawing me into the book to feel that was just absolutely fantastic like that was what made this book so impactful for me and and one I definitely will remember and then just as I mentioned all the good things that were associated with it so a, a standout a standout book for me was definitely that one another standout for me the other two that really impressed me were uh, Z- um the essential Shuangzi. So this was a Taoist text from back in the day. And this was the month after I had done my little silent retreat for six, six days, essentially, where I was silent on my own, just meditating eight hours a day and doing all these things. So during that time, I also read a couple of books related to Buddhism, to meditation and to just Eastern philosophy in general. So those three were the the Shuangzi, the Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. So that's on Zen. Shuangzi is on Taoism and then Bringing Home the Dharma by Jack Cornfield. That's about Buddhism. So I, I sort of got my three main philosophies there, I guess, covered. And the, the Shuangzi I just really liked for its humor and as well as being a philosophical book. So it was humorous. It had these, you know, crazy stories of like the yellow emperor, which is sort of like the sun god. It had Shuangzi and Shuangzi's just almost making fun of people who are being jackasses to him while still providing wisdom at the same time. It had these cool characters of Master Winepot and I just, yeah, really enjoyed it. As far as, you know, teaching and philosophy is concerned, that's probably one of the best ways to do it. And that's maybe why, you know, books like Harry Potter, you can dive into some deep philosophical things with them. It, it makes it fun. There was a book I read uh, a long time ago, which was called 
what was it? It was like Batman and philosophy. And it was just a really nice way of introducing some real core philosophical ideas such as the trolley problem. So, you know, there's there's a train coming down a track or a cart of some sort and on one on the track it's heading down, there's five people, uh, but on the track next to it, there's a uh, one person and you have the option of pulling the lever. And so do you pull the lever to divert it onto the one person? Most people tend to say yes. And then it's all these questions associated with that goes down and down. And so that's what I sort of felt the Shuangzi was like. It, it, it let me dive into it and, and feel that uh, philosoph- philosophical concepts, but with more humor and, and just yeah, silliness, I guess. It was, it was definitely a silly book, I, I felt, in, in total. The other one which stood out for me was The Old Man and the Sea. And once again, these, these books are all completely different and they're standouts for me in different ways. So The Old Man and the Sea is a tiny book. It's a hundred, how many pages did I say it was? Let me check through my notes here. It was uh, 90, 100 and something pages. Let me see, where is it? No, I didn't write it down. Uh, yeah, here we go, 99 pages. So completely short and... Of those 99, it's not like 99 of a thick book. It was, you know, a tiny little thing that could fit in, fit in your hand pretty much. So that that book stood out for me for being so sharp to the point. And I think there's a way of relating a story without using all the descriptives. And so there are books where it is very descriptive and you're getting every exquisite detail of the scenery of the reactions of the characters and things like that. But there is a way of pairing it back of getting a story to its bare bones and just really hammering home, you know, the one or two concepts. Um, one thing I heard from actually one of the listeners who uh, of, of this channel, M76Q5, I think something like that. I call them M- M7 because that's easier for me. And they mentioned why one of the things that they liked about Hemingway was this uh, iceberg theory. And so this was the theory that, the story is all beneath the surface. It's not what you you see on top. He has a way, Hemingway was sort of saying like, I want to write a book so that, yes, all that I do is the surface stuff that you see, but just naturally you'll be inquisitive of what is underneath the surface and that'll sort of rise. Or, or maybe like he'll write the story and then it'll rise above. It was something like that. It was essentially saying, I'm writing this book so that the... I don't have to force it down your throat what I'm trying to imply here. Like I don't have to force down that there is a some sort of strange connection between man and nature, for example, and what is that connection? Why do so many people feel that so deeply? Like, yes, you can bring that up as a, a, a concept and write about it and, and shove it down your throat. Or you can write a fantastic story about an old man and fishing in the sea and why he has this connection with the fish and with the sea and you know how he views the sea as more feminine in quality and it has this temperament and there's this deeper connection whereas some of the younger fishermen view it as a more masculine thing to be fought against, this hard, hard, harsh battle. So I really like that in that book in that it was short, so you get to read it pretty quickly, um, and yet it delivers so much. It's not, and it's not forcing it down your throat sort of delivery as well. Um, there are a couple of other books that sort of rem- remind me of this in the way would be like The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Very, very short book as well, but man, he delivers a lot in a in a very short amount of time. Uh, as well as Animal Farm, which was you know one one sort of concept from George Orwell of why 
communism and why these sort of um, these these sort of social constructs or not constructs are not the the right word there. This social system that people have created, um, socialism, was would inevitably come down or or an example of why it would break down and yet done in a very short, sharp, humorous manner in this case. Uh, I think the word count was uh, almost exactly the same as The Old Man and the Sea, so it's probably 100 pages as well. But holy damn, what a book just delivered in a cutting, brutal style, just getting straight to the core. So some of the other books were... The Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, yeah, that was nice. Uh, Relato de un Naufrago, probably not the best of Gabriel Garcia's works. Uh, I would say, I, and I read this one in Spanish, so uh, one thing I noticed from that book was it wasn't a very descriptive book in the sense of a you know a story of of being you know the emotions it was very logical almost like a a log of a shipwreck shipwreck sailor which it was so it was a much more to the point descriptive of his days rather than descriptive of his emotions of his feelings they were included but that's not what jumped out at me and i don't feel that's the most adequate way of of using the spanish language uh, in, in essence i would definitely say some of his his other books such as the um, el coronel no tiene quien se escriba, so like the old the old uh, colonel or the old man has no one to write to, uh, or or no one who writes to him. And uh, Cien Años de Soledad, his most famous work, A Hundred Years of Solitude, which by the way I think there is a sort of Disney movie. Is a Disney movie going to come out called Encanto, or at least that's there's trailers of it, which seems to have that little bit of a feel. Even just in that little trailer, that's exactly what I imagined. Cien Años de Soledad in a in a cartoon form, it would have this just magical uh, air about it, and you know, vivid, bright colors in a just completely bizarre looking house um, in 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 La Finca, the uh, what you would call like a homestead or the the out the the farmhouse in, in a way. Some of the others, so River Out of Eden by Richard Dawkins. Once again, I would recommend other of Richard Dawkins' works. The Selfish Gene for me, I read that book a long time ago and that was um, pretty damn good. I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, Bringing Home the Dharma, that was actually pretty pretty nice. I quite enjoyed this in the sense that it was not a complete beginner's book on Buddhism, but it did give you a feel of, of some of the, the basic concepts, but also it, it definitely felt like an intermediate book, which is about where I'm at for Buddhism now in terms of things coming out from it, in terms of the actual scriptures and things like that. Oh, hell no, I'm nowhere near that. But as far as like the core concepts, I think I'm starting to get get them and I'm uh, able to experience a bit more nuance. And just the way that he wrote the book um, was was quite nice in its delivery. The the sections it was split up to into the five separate sections. Ones, you know, talking about the masters, how he presented his not arguments but his his descriptions of his students and what they learned and the, and things like that i just found this a really nice book and probably one of the best books i've read on buddhism so far others by the dalai lama i i haven't appreciated mostly because i think those were written in sort of a speech format and then just translated to text and it's like damn dalai lama why are you being so lazy bro get your get your shit together um <laughs> but and and then some of the others were yeah, just just na- didn't stand out for me. So this was uh, by far the best book on Buddhism that I've read so far. Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. I enjoyed parts of it, but I think I've, I just found it lacking in 
depth and quality. And maybe and when I when I say that, I mean I'm not going to remember anything from it particularly. I I enjoyed the the essence, the feel, the living in paradox that Zen somewhat implies. But that's all I really took from the book. I didn't really take too much in the way of of remembering like an amazing story from one of his students, for example, that would help me. Um, and just his words are a bit cryptic. So I just slightly struggled to to really get everything that there maybe is to get out of that. For me, Zen, uh, I would have loved to have heard more of the koans. I would have loved to know more of the history. Um, what I did like about the book was that it was artistically a beautiful beautiful book just the, the feel of the paper the setting out the design of it the front cover the back cover of of suzuki roshi the just just every the way it was set out even the bloody stem of the book had this nice feel to it this sort of cut out zigzag pattern which i, I just really appreciated in terms of the actual book itself so that's probably what I would have wanted more to see in the book as well. And, and you know, in, in terms of what the author was writing about Suzuki Roshi, I would have loved to have heard of more of these beautiful koans or maybe some poetry that, you know, really gets to the heart of Zen, things like that. So that's what sort of dis- disappointed me in a way. And the worst book of the month, drrr, A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway not not my favorite he i think my problem was i've read other plenty of other world war one books and this just does not stand out at all compared to those so i'm thinking along the lines of storm out of steel a uh, storm of steel by ernst junger ernst junger no um sebastian yeah ernst junger as well as uh, my favorite of the world war one books i've read so far um, the All Quiet on the Western Front by Eric R- Maria Remarque. And yeah, this one for me just felt, he, he's got a very stilted conversation style in the book. It's very, it almost feels like one of those old time, uh, what, do you, what do you call those? Um, TV shows where it's characters and they're very scripted and it's they speak to each other, not the way you would expect like a husband and wife to, to speak to each other. They're very quippy. They all have, you know, the perfect one-liner answer to it. That's how his conversations went. You know, none of the characters ever started with like, hey, how are you going? Which is fine because, yeah, maybe you want to get rid of that. But in the context that it was delivered for me, I just, I ended up disliking everyone in the book because I thought they were just weird and and had strange mannerisms and were curt and were, you know, not displaying what I would, think of as normal you know human behavior and human interactions and things like that the parts of the book i did like were one the description of italy man sounds like an absolutely fantastic place um maybe part of the italian culture as well so there (laughs) it seemed a very excessive amount of uh, alcohol that consumed but also the the food you know italy is renowned for its food so it's not surprising to me that that played such a big part in the book and it did come across as like, wow, they do the, the connection they have to their food sounds very intriguing, as well as the parts where it was pure action. So his scene escaping from the soldiers uh, who have almost turncoated on him and have, because he is a, a leader in the army or he has a rank, he's an officer, they try to execute him and he dives into the river and gets away. That whole scene of 
just pure movement when he's on his own and doing things. I appreciated that. I thought that was good writing. Uh, and then as far as war books go, I, it was sort of like a love story. Um, you know, if I'm going to read a love story, I'd, uh, war is probably not the the best setting for me. I'd probably prefer to see that in other places. So those are the nine books that I read this month. I think I touched on all of them. And um, the Tao Te Ching as well. So yeah, that uh, nice nice bit of Taoism of learning going back to that. That book was actually interesting because I read it previously five, six years ago, thought it was an absolute piece of shit book. I remember having it on my Kindle, just going through it and being like, what the hell is this? Um, you know, thankfully it was short, so I didn't spend a lot of time with it because back in those days, I would, once I started reading a book, I would completely finish it. So <laughs> I got lucky then. But yeah, it's... Amazing just how much your mindset can change depending on the years and how you're attacking it uh, or, or, or just, you know, the general state you're in. in. In those days, five, six years ago, I was a lot more driven when I was reading. I was reading for a purpose to extract information. Uh, so this is why books like, um, R- uh, what is it, Roberto Cialdini's book um, on persuasion was so influential for me of Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, of you know sort of self-help or books that were would give you practical information i wasn't particularly enjoying more deeper philosophical stuff just because i didn't have one the capacity i guess to understand it and then also to appreciate it so probably good in this case for me to have come back and realize like oh wow this actually had some more things in it that i completely missed at the time um so yeah, that was that was an all right book. I, I enjoyed it, but once again, I'm, I'm not going to particularly rave about it. And talking about the my last little point here, talking about books and starting them and finishing, I'll I'll have a section at the at the end, I guess, of books that I started and would drop as well, because I think not only is it interesting to know of the books that I actually did complete and fully read through, but also the books that didn't make the the shortlist or I, I started, found nothing in them that really drove me to keep going or even found things that made me say, hey, I don't want to keep going. So the two for me were another two spiritual slash Eastern philosophy books on that I read or tried to read during that retreat that I had. One was called True Refuge by Tara Brock and the other All Else is Bondage by Wu Wei Wu. The Tara Brock book when I skimmed through it, it definitely was a bit too much on the, I'm going to say like lovey-dovey side. There was too much information and too many stories of of her acting as a counselor or a therapist, which she is. And that was the book was about, it was about using Buddhism to find refuge within yourself and then using that also in a a context of her delivering I guess what you would call learnings and wisdoms to her clients, something like that. Uh, but for me, it, it just didn't stand out and was telling story. Like the stories themselves weren't intriguing or interesting either. It was of this guy, Steve, who was super angry. He was, you know, high up in this company of lawyers or whatever job it was that he had uh, and would, but when he came home, just had no capacity for for love in his heart. So he would immediately yell at his wife and, you know, berate her almost to the point of, of definitely emotional abuse, whether physical abuse was also involved, who knows. And, you know, I read that, I read that, you know, half of that story and I'm just like, man, Steve's a fucking jackass. Like, why? 
not only that, but why do I care about this? And, and you know, maybe this is just because I'm not a generally an angry person. So I struggle to relate to people who do get angry, for example. But just the book in general, just getting through it, I just felt like, uh, uh, there's nothing there's nothing in here. Even though she would introduce some of the exact same concepts that were in Bringing Home the Dharma by Jack Cornfield, uh, both of these books introduced me to the uh, anagram, anagram, uh, the yeah, of of rain. So R A I N, and this is to do with a uh, like recognizing you have a problem, accepting it, doing investigation into the problem, and then non um, non identification with it. So it's a way of almost feeling things in your in your body and then letting them go. And so both of them have this acronym slightly different uh, acronym not an anagram the acronym is slightly different for for her she uses a couple of different words instead of acceptance i think it's like acknowledgement or vice versa in, in either case it doesn't particularly matter but sa- exact same concept in the bringing home the dharma by jack confield loved it was was all on board with it and just the way he presented it with the way she did it was too meandering it was sort of you know, oh, I'm presenting it in this way, but then I'll jump back and, and whatnot. Whatever whatever reason, I didn't like her book. So I only read, you know, bits and pieces from it before I said, nah, it's, it's not worth for me to read this. So no rating or review on there, just a book that I will probably never read. The other was All Else is Bondage by Wu Wei Wu. And this is a book I'm going to have to give like very strong uh, caveats to because... This was probably a book that almost, it almost made me mad. Maybe it's a good book for like making you mad uh, to practice your Zen or something like that. Because <laughs> I was just going through it and I, I, was, I was not enjoying it. It struck me as a book by, you know, imagine like you're the most archetypal, you know, made up fictional character of the Ivory Tower um, academic this is how this book came across to me. Every single, you know, once again, very small, very small book. Each page was, you know, each chapter was only a couple of pages or each learning or whatever it was he was trying to present. Uh, and yet on each page, there was at least three words that I didn't understand at the very least. Um, and this is in a, you know, a page with maybe what, 300, 400 words max in it. And, I like to think of myself as, you know, relatively well-versed. I read a lot of books. I, I, I tend to know most words when people say it to me. And not only was it like obfuscating that just being completely, uh, you know, very difficult to dive into and get at the heart of what he's trying to present, but it felt like that was intentional as well. As well. It wasn't, it, I didn't get the feeling like, oh, this is really difficult because we're dealing with, very difficult nuanced subjects and things like that it felt like nah this guy is intentionally making this difficult and that's fine you can do that if you want if that's up your alley hell go for it but for me when i'm trying to one learn about eastern philosophy and in this case i believe it was zen he was really presenting or uh, actually i'm not too sure because i think Wu Wei is actually a taoism concept or at least that's where I've heard of it in the Tao Te Ching, for example. Yet, in in this one, it just it just came across as like, man, what's what's this guy talking about? What's the point? Even stuff that I know more about. He had a very very small chapter on Douglas Harding's 
way of of his way of presenting a, a type of meditation on on having no head on looking you know trying to look at your own head realizing there's no way that you can physically do that and then sort of having this theoretical concept of well like if i were to try and look at it from this position now all i'm going to see is like the blank space that's outside of me imagine you know if you can do this with yourself put your hands as if you're looking into a mirror or looking through a glass actually is a better example looking through a window what do you see outside of your hands when you cup your hands around your eyes like that well you don't see anything and that's douglas harding's point of trying to explain when you try and look at yourself on looking at your head on having no head, you realize you don't have a head because you'll never, you can experimentally like experientially touch it, feel it, but you're never going to be able to visually see your own head unless you're looking into a mirror, of course. And so he presented that and yet he presented it in a way where I could barely even see the, the link between him and something I did know about. So it's, yeah, for me, it was just a complete write off of a book I felt it was just the type of book that, uh, you know, an ivory, uh, ivory tower academic would write to make himself feel smart, essentially. Um, you know, whether that is true or not, he definitely was in the academic system and was definitely that type of, uh, you know, professor type thing. So who knows? Who knows? I, I won't ch- pass too much judgment on. I'm just saying I will never read that book or... I don't think any of his stuff, again, I would have to get a very strong recommendation from someone to say like, yeah, I got this out of this and they would have to say to me, it was easy, relatively easy to understand as well. I'm not into trying to have a dictionary reading each exact word when he could have used, um, you know, a, a nice simple word instead of the 10 character thing that is chucked in front of my face so that is my roundup for june 2020 uh 2020 2021 people we're in 2021 this next month i can tell you that we're doing an australian book month so once again these are more books related to aussie authors so for me i'm trying to choose books that are related to australia as well so for example i can tell you i have right in front of me here Banjo Patterson's Poems of the Bush, as well as We of the Never Never and The Little Black Princess by Mrs. Mrs. Enius Gunn, Jeannie Gunn. So those will be the first two off the off the rank uh, for the next month of July 2021. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the um, the Aussie book month that is coming up. If you have any recommendations or things like that, and if you have anything, any thoughts on any of these books. If I'm completely wrong about something, I would love to hear about it. So you can either do that in the YouTube comments if you're watching via there or if you're on the audios and you've made it this far, just send a, a, a direct message to the Instagram at Mere Mortals Podcast. That's probably the best way of, of getting it. Or you can go to our revamp website where it's even got a contact page with our email, things like that. Anyway, is appreciated. I love hearing feedback. I love interacting with people um, who you know, give me advice like M7 did on his, uh, I just want to make sure it was actually him because I'm, <laughs> there's a couple of other people who were uh, relating a couple of things related to that um, iceberg theory. There were a couple of people were commenting on that book as well because um, it could have been, ding, 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 ding. sorry, it wasn't M7, it was James Garrity. Um, M7 was, what was he talking about on this book? 
uh, you were talking about do, do, do. Uh, yeah he was talking about like the the old man the wisdom the strength of the old man uh, and how young people can be so foolish so uh, apologies m7 that was not you you were telling me about that and james gerty gerty thank you for <laughs> actually being the one telling me about the iceberg theory so that's it my mere mortal lights if you've made it this far we are 30 something minutes in so goddamn congrats to you uh, for doing that i appreciate it and i really hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world chiron out <laughs>